You're listening to the weekly Parsha podcast with Ari Goldwag, recorded with Hashem's never-ending assistance in Ramah Peshem Eshizra 5780, 2020. This week's Parsha is Parsha's Nitzavim and And these are the Parshas that we always read before Rosh Hashanah Yom Kippur. They're getting us ready for that rededication that we have every single year to our commitment to our relationship with Hashem. The Torah tells us, chapter 30, verse 11, The mitzvah that I'm commanding you today, the Torah, it's not far away from you. It's not beyond you. It's not in the heavens. I have to f- climb up to the heavens and, and who's going to climb up there and teach it to us so that, that we can do it? It's not on the other side of the seas. That someone has to go there in order to bring it back to us so that we can do it. tells us, in the name of Hashem, the Torah is very close to you. It's in your mouth, it's in your heart to do it. It's something which you know already. It's something which is ingrained into you, it's embedded into you. It rings true when you hear the truth. When you hear the Torah, you hear the beauty of its ways, you know that you're hearing what's true because it's already inside of you. It's at every level of your consciousness. It's in your mouth, it's in your heart, it's in your feelings. A person emotionally can connect to it. Something that we speak about. It's something that we do. And I would like to share with you a beautiful medrash, a powerful medrash, that teaches us an amazing thing. It says in the medrash, it brings our verse and talks about the mitzvahs. It talks about our obligation to fulfill the commandments, but it's not enough to just do them. If a person starts a mitzvah, but he doesn't complete it, the measure tells us something chilling, that such a person will bury his wife and children. Where do we see this from? We learn it from Judah, the son of Yaakov Avinu, of Jacob, one of the twelve tribes. He started a mitzvah, but he didn't complete it. Kate said, says the Medjish, how is this? Yosef, he came to his brothers in Shechem, and they wanted to kill him. Yehuda got up, and he didn't let them. He didn't allow them to do it. He said, why should we kill our brother? They listened to him. Why? Because he was their king. He was the ruler over them, so to speak. He was the leader of his brothers. If, they, if he would have said to them, let's return him to our father instead of killing him, they would have listened. What did he do? Instead, he just said to them, let's sell him. They said, why should we kill him? Let's sell him. The result was, because he didn't complete the mess, he didn't do it all the way, the result was that he ended up burying his wife and children. The Torah tells us his wife died and his two sons, Aaron and Anon, died. Okay, it's very interesting. Just thinking about this point, simple understanding, why would a person be punished with death for not fulfilling the mitzvah, not completing it properly? He did a good thing. He saved his brother. So I wouldn't kill him, but he didn't do it all the way. He didn't bring it to its end. Interestingly, it's not that he didn't complete the mitzvah. He didn't do it properly. Right, he had it. He he saved his brother, but he could have saved him better. He could have done a better job of saving him. It's not just doing. You could do a mitzvah and not do it properly. So the the message is telling us when a person doesn't do it properly, 
terrible things result. And I was thinking, what's the Pashup Shat? Like, what's the understanding? Why should it be that somebody, that Yehuda lost his wife and children as a result? Because, obviously, Yehuda was on a, an exalted, awesome level. One of the Shvatim, one of the 12 Shifteka. When he didn't complete something, so the, the completion of a person is his wife and his children. That's where he manifests in the world, through his wife, through his children. Those are the, that's where his legacy is. Yehuda lost the legacy because of the fact that he didn't save Yosef. He didn't complete the legacy of Yosef. He could have saved him. He could have kept him, brought him back to his father. But he didn't. Okay, let's hold on to that idea. Because that's not the main point that I'd like to speak about. Let's see the fur- further in the Medrash. Dabar Acher. Ki ha-mitzvah Okay, so the first aspect that we spoke about was Yehuda who didn't do the mitzvah properly. But now we're going to speak about a case where somebody starts the mitzvah, but he doesn't, he doesn't finish it off. Somebody else finishes off. If a person starts a mitzvah, someone else comes along and completes the mitzvah, who gets the credit, so to speak, for having done the mitzvah? The person who finishes the mitzvah. What, what's the idea? Ketzad says the Medrash houses so Moshe hischav a mitzvah shenata atzmos of shel Yosef imay. Moshe did Moshe Rabbeinu did a mitzvah, which was that Yosef had commanded his brothers that when the Jewish people leave the, the land of Egypt, he wanted his bones to be taken with them and buried, as we'll, we'll see in Shechem, in the place that he was taken away from. Minayin shemar vayikach Moshe as atzmos Yosef imay. Who is the one who did that? Who fulfilled that obligation? Moshe Rabbeinu. Moses was the one who fulfilled that obligation. But what happens in the end? Moshe Rabbeinu didn't complete it. He didn't. He wasn't the one who actually buried Yosef in in the land of Israel. So why? Because he didn't bring the Jewish people into Israel, right? So who completed it? It was done by the children of Israel who did complete it. The verse tells us in Joshua chapter 24 verse 32 that indeed they buried him in Shechem, the children of Israel. It doesn't say that the bones that were taken out by Moshe were buried by the people of Israel, by the sons of Israel. It says the bones that were taken out by the children of Israel were buried in Israel. Okay, one second. So what do we see? We see that it's called that the children of Israel were the ones who took his bones out of out of the land of Egypt. Even though Moshe Rabbeinu was the one who did it. Why is it called that they did it? Because they finished it. They finished the job. Since they finished the job, it's considered that they get it. They get the job from beginning to end. Okay, we need to understand this idea. But let's see the continuation of the Medrash. Because the Medrash now says something which seems to be only, uh, you know, subtly related. It seems to be a, a uh, you know kind of a meandering on the thought on the thought process here. Why was why was Yosef indeed buried in Shechem? Says the Medrash, what is this comparable to? Very interesting Medrash. To thieves who came to steal a barrel of wine. Here the owner of the barrel realized that those thieves had come. As they're you know, as they're getting away with the barrel that they're stealing, so the owner of the barrel says to them, Enjoy, enjoy the wine. Just do me a favor. I'm Michael on the wine, but please send me back the barrel when you're done. Very interesting. When Yosef was sold to Shechem, 
I'm sorry, when Yosef was sold to, to become a slave and ended up in Egypt, where did that occur? It occurred in, in Shechem, in, this, in that place, in that location. Uh, Israel, meaning Yaakov Avinu, had sent Joseph to find his brothers in Shechem. He said, Hashem said to the Jewish people, You sold Yosef in Shechem, put his bones back where you sold him. The same place that you had you had sent him out, you stole him, so to speak. Uh, that was that's that's all right. Enjoy, meaning as I'm unfortunately explained, that was part of my plan. But bring his bones back to Shechem. So what do we see here? The Medrash comes back to the first point in regards to the children of Israel, and that is that we see that since they were the ones who completed the burial of Yosef, they finished the job, they brought his bones back to Shechem, therefore, the mitzvah is called on their name. How do we see this? Ki mitzvah as I'm unfortunately explained, because it says, Beficha uvilvocha lasaisai. In your mouth, in your heart, all the thoughts are involved in doing the mitzvah. Lasaisai, you got to do it. You got to complete it. Ki mitzvah mitzvah You got to do it. You got to bring it through till its end. Now when we read this Medrash, where the Medrash is, is calling out to us, explain me, explain me, what does the Medrash mean? What is the idea that Yosef has to be returned? Why do his bones need to be returned to Shechem? What's the idea? Because he was sold there? Therefore his bones need to be returned there? What's the, what's the thing? What's the concept? And how does that relate? It seems to be brought Agav, just in a happenstance way, just by the way, why did he end up buried in Shechem? That, that can't be the pshat. There's got to be more. There's got to be a deeper understanding of what's going on here. And I think if we understand this properly, we have an incredible lesson that we can take with us in order to understand our lives and the importance of the mitzvahs, the importance of all the different challenges that we experience in our lives. The Medrash, when it tells us something, it's, it's always, you have to look at its depth. You need to understand what is behind, what is the message behind what the Medrash is saying. When I say that the mitzvah, the, com- the person who completed the mitzvah, it's considered that they did the beginning of the mitzvah. What does that mean? What is the idea behind that? What's the concept? I didn't start the mitzvah, I just finished it. Why is it called that I completed it? Moshe Rabbeinu started it. Why, why is Yasef's bones sent back to Shechem is the same concept. This is the concept. I, I believe this is what the Medrash is saying. The bones of a person... The Atzmai the Yosef, the bones of Joseph, are all that's left of a person after they die. The bones represent the completion of the person. It's what's left of the person at the end. When we say that the bones, the bones of a person, have to be buried somewhere, when Yosef's bones need to be buried in a certain place, it signifies that the end of the person, where he became, what he became, where he ended up, it's 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 dependent on it's completely utterly dependent on that place. For example, many people desire to be buried in Eretz Israel. They might have lived their entire life outside of the land of Israel, and yet when it comes to burial, we know there's a special Indian to be buried in Eretz Israel, the land of Israel. What's that about? The idea is, and I believe that this is the essence of what the Medrash is saying. The idea is that when a person is at their end, when they've completed their life, when they've gone through everything, and you what was their essence? You bury them 
when you bury them, it defines who they were. Defines who they were. They're, a Jew is only buried in a Jewish cemetery. People want to be buried near tzaddikim, near righteous individuals. They're buried with their families. What's that about? It's because it's a statement where a person is buried, where they're placed at the end, when, when their life has come to completion. It represents who they are, who they were, all that happened in their life. A person wants to be buried next to a tzaddik. He's saying, I was connected to the tzaddik. That's who I was in my essence. The, the word atzm, <coughs> excuse me. The word atzmos means means bones. It also means atzmios means the essence. The essence of a person is their bones. It's all that remains of a person after they die. It represents the mitzvahs that a person has accomplished in their life. It represents all of the spiritual accomplishments that a person has done in their life. It represents the essence of who they are, where they're buried. A person wants to be buried in Eretz Yisrael. Why? Because it represents what was their she'ifa in life? What was their desire in life? It was Eretz Yisrael. Eretz Yisrael represents spirituality. Eretz Yisrael represents a relationship with Hashem. Eretz Yisrael represents the Torah. The entire Torah is a log of the Jewish people coming to Eretz Yisrael. When a person says they want to be buried in Eretz Yisrael, it's a statement, my life from beginning to end was about spirituality, was about ruchnias. Yosef HaTzadik, he's buried in Shechem. That's a massive statement. Return the barrel to the place that you stole it from, says HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Return Yosef's bones to Shechem. Why? Why Shechem? Why not to, to Be'er Sheva where his father Yaakov lived? Why not to, uh, to the palace, on a, you know, bury him under the palace in Egypt where he was the ruler of Yosef for 71 years? Why Shechem? Because the sh- the place of Shechem was Gorali, it was the 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 turning point in his life. It was the place where he chose to go, even though there was danger there. He knew his brothers were out to get him. He chose to go there because he knew his destiny was in Shechem. It was by by saying that his bones need to be buried in that place. Is it's saying at the end everything that he accomplished, everything that he became, his whole essence, his whole life came back to one point. One point was the point in history that changed him and made him into who he was. And that was Shechem. That was his journey through Shechem, which was the place where he was sold to become a slave, which was followed by a year of difficulty in Potiphar's home, 12 years in the Beis HaSoyar, in the, in the jail, and then coming out and becoming the king. Why did it happen that he became the king, which is who he became and was for the rest of his life? He led the Jewish people. He led the Egyptian monarchy. Why was it? How did that happen? It was because of Shechem. It was because of his challenges, because of his difficulties. What began in Shechem, we see at the end of the story. Amazing. We see at the end of the story that what happened in the beginning was the, was the catapult which sent him through all of his ups and downs, his trials and tribulations, in order to get him to that point, in order to get him to the completion of who he was meant to be. That, I believe, is the essence of what the Medrash is teaching us. Yosef HaTzadik became who he was because of that moment, the moment in Shechem when he was sold by his brothers and he was catapulted into the most unbelievable challenges that he would ever experience in his life for the following 13 years. The result was the great person that he became in the following 71 years, the rest of his life, actually the following 80 years, 110. 
it's an amazing lesson. Now let's look at the beginning of the Medrash. Medrash tells us that, that when the Jewish people buried the bones of Yosef, it's the same teaching. It's the same concept. What happens in the end shows what happened. It's, 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 you see Lamafre, you see retroactively that what happens in the end tells us what happened in the beginning. When Moshe Rabbeinu took the bones of Yosef out of Egypt, he wasn't doing it on his own behalf. He wasn't doing it for himself. He was doing it because Yosef had commanded his brothers. He had commanded the children of Israel, take my bones out. Now, if Moshe Rabbeinu had completed it, we would have said Moshe Rabbeinu took him out. Moshe Rabbeinu put, uh, buried him. That's not what happened. The children of Israel completed it. The Torah is teaching us an amazing thing here. The Torah is teaching us that when you complete something, when you complete it, we see that you were there in the beginning too. The completion is part is, is not just part of. The completion shows us what was happening in the beginning. When Moshe Rabbeinu took those bones out, he was doing it on behalf of Klal Yisrael. <coughs> Excuse me. He represented Klal Yisrael. And in so doing, we see in the end, we see in the completion of it, what was happening at the beginning of it. When Yehuda, when Yehuda didn't complete saving Yosef HaTzadik, when he didn't complete that mitzvah, when he didn't fulfill, when he didn't take it to the nth degree, when he didn't bring him all the way home to his father, so it showed that even in the beginning there was something missing. There was something lacking in his commitment to his brother, in his mitzvah, his, his willingness to do whatever it took to save his brother, didn't go all the way. He didn't complete it. He didn't do it all the way. And thus, there was something missing in what he did. There was something missing in what he did, and there was something missing in who he was. And the result was that his wife and his children were lost. There was an opportunity for Tikkun. Yehuda is somebody like David HaMelech, who despite the things that he's done wrong, there's always an opportunity for Tikkun. He's the one who teaches us the concept of tshuva, the concept of even if we've done something terrible, we learn Sheikh bin David is going to come and erase through, through uh, Kodesh Baruch Hu's forgiveness, through the tshuva of Kodesh, is going to erase the Averis. There's going to be an erasure. Hashem's going to do it. David's going to spur that tshuva. But there's something missing. You see in the end, there's something missing in the beginning. And that affects everything after it. An amazing thing. The Torah tells us, I'm telling you about the, the mitzvah today. The mitzvah today. It's not too far. It's not somewhere far away. There's no... It's not, it's not a distant thing. It's right here, right now. And you're going to see the results of it. You're going to see as you talk about the mitzvahs, as you, talk, as you think about the mitzvahs, and as you do the mitzvah. That's the main thing. When you complete that mitzvah, when you complete something, when you come to a final stage of a project, you've been learning a mesechta, mesechta Shabbos, you finished that mesechta, 156 staff. And you come to that completion. You see at the end that you were committed. You see that the commitment didn't waver. You see you got to the end. It shows that what was going on from the beginning till the end was something real. You create a project. You do something spiritual. You do something beautiful. The end shows us what was happening at the beginning. The one who completes it gets credit for it. And we can understand that every time that we do the mitzvah, that's the first point of the Medrash. Every time I do a mitzvah, there's an obligation to do it right. Do it out of safe. To do it properly. Make sure we do it as best as we can. 
as best as we possibly can. We do somebody a favor, you give someone a ride, take him all the way to his house. It's only down the road. Oh, I can walk. It's okay. Take him all the way home. Do a chesed. Do a give tzedakah. Do it right. Do it to to the nth degree. That's the first point of the medrash. And the second point of the medrash is that we need to understand that there are pivotal points in our life, challenges in our life, times in our life that seem to be so difficult and impossible. Later on, we look back and we say, that was a pivotal point. That catapulted me through trials and tribulations, through ups and downs, through mountains and valleys to become the person who I needed to become. The challenge that I went through strengthened my faith, strengthened my emuna, strengthened my bitachon. That challenge, I would never ask for that in the first place. But because that happened, now I see from my atzmius, I can see from the essence of who I've become, I can look back, and like a Yezav Atzalik whose bones are buried back in Shechemin, we understand that that means that that was the point where he became who he was supposed to be. That was the beginning of it. We can understand that the challenges that we go through may be so difficult at times, so challenging, so tough. We have, you know, Parnassah issues, health issues, so many different things that we have to face off with. Difficulties with our children, difficulties with our spouse, all the different challenges that human beings undergo. Difficulties with ourselves. That's where we grow. That's where we become who we're meant to become. And that is a message, I believe, of the Medrash. And I'd like to ask you to bless me, and I, I bless you. Hashem should help us, that we should recognize, as we come into Rosh Hashanah, as we come into Yom Kippur, we're asking for a new year, a better year. This year was a tough one. We're asking for a better year. But let's also remember that it's years like this year that turn us into different people, that strengthen our resolve to have a real relationship with our Kodesh Baruch Hu, that take away a little bit of all the shitrius, all of the, the superficiality. Hashem should bless us to recognize the blessings within our challenges. And Hashem should help us to complete our mitzvahs, to do, these, to do these unbelievable opportunities that Hashem gives us all the time, every day, so many times a day. Hashem should help us to do them right. Thank you so much for listening. Have a wonderful Shabbos. This podcast was made possible through the gracious donations of listeners like you. For more podcasts like this, please visit www.arigoldwag.com or search on iTunes, Ari Goldwag.